Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. And today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was about Trinity Sunday, a very, very difficult day for us to wrap our minds around and a day that invites us to embrace holy mystery. Um, and so on Sunday, we had the opportunity to do that twice, uh, both by talking about the doctrine of the Trinity, but also by experiencing the meal called communion. Um, you know, we live in such a world that wants definitive answers and Neither the Trinity nor communion provide that for us. And so how do we respond faithfully in the midst of those things being the truth? And so uh, that's what we're going to dig into. So uh, Eric, how about we get into it? Sounds great. So I don't know how you feel, how you felt about the sermon on Sunday, but I wasn't wild about it. So is it the idea of Trinity Sunday that's hard or it, it seems it, well, it's hard for anyone to understand. So as a pastor, it's got to be hard to explain. Yes. I mean, like run through the thought process. The overall problem with the Trinity is that it is, like I mentioned in, in our closing prayer on Sunday, it is our finite minds trying to wrap our minds around an infinite God. And we are always going to fall short. That's just mm-hmm. all there is to it. Like there is no, like I said in this, in the sermon, there's no magic words. There's no silver bullet. There is no once for all explanation of how it is that God is three, but one, but yet it makes sense, you know? And so it's, 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 it's hard. I mean, it's scriptural from the very foundations of scripture, you know, in Genesis one, the first things that God says is let us make humanity in our image. Like, so there is the idea of, of Trinitarian thought and there is the presence as we learn through the rest of scripture, there is the presence of the entire Godhead in the midst of creation, but like trying to break that down and say exactly how that works. I mean, every analogy we have breaks down because it falls into classic heresies of the church. Um, There's a heresy called modalism, where it's like God, we can't talk about God, Jesus, and the Spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit doing specific actions because that's, you know, that's that they're they're not three different modes of God. They're just God. And, you know, trying to say, well, that's the work of the Father. And no, that's the work of the Son. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Like that doesn't actually work, um, you know, because it is just the work of God rather than the work of any, I mean, they can all do the exact same things. They have to be able to all do the exact same things. Otherwise that's modalism or that the father handles this part and the son handles that part and the spirit handles that part. That's called partialism um, where, where each of the, each of the God, you know, each is each of the pieces of the Godhead have a role to play that is distinct and unique. And so those are kind of the two banner uh, church heresies that have been repudiated by ecumenical councils of the past, um, church councils of the past, they've kind of, that have kind of started that, that that were that were called in order to discuss these things to come to some kind of conclusion. But I mean, I don't think anything's any. I don't think anything is any clearer because of the Athanasian Creed, which is what's the the document that really lines out our understanding of God being three, but one, and you know, one in divinity and three, and you know, in in harmony and all those things. And so, it's just it's just so hard. There are so many landmines to to try to avoid because 
I don't want to be caught saying something heretical from the pulpit, um, you know, on purpose, um, you know, there, I might slip up and say something wrong because that's just who I am as a person, as a flawed and fallen human. So it's just really hard to talk about and talk about faithfully. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Is there any good, uh, Wesleyan guidance? Um, not really. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that smarter people than me are screaming into their, into their, into their computers saying, what about this thing? What about that thing? I mean, I've lo- I've read a lot of really good articles. Uh, our two main theological courses were called God, Christ and humanity, and then creation spirit in the church. And like, even in those classes, reading the things that we were reading, um, you know, there was still no, I mean, there, there's nothing that really, as far as I know, and in, my, and in my experience, there's nothing that really doesn't break down at some point. Because mm-hmm. it is just, again, that, that, that idea of the infinite and the finite and our limitations of, of, our, of our logic and our reason. And just the second that we have God figured out, um, you know, God's going to show us something different. That's just how God operates. Um, this was when one of the earlier drafts of the sermon, I was going to talk about one of my professors in college uh, named Dr. John Learman, who is just one of the smartest people I've ever met. And he's very dry and he's very matter of fact. And he's very just, I mean, of all the people that I think that have God completely figured out, I think of John Learman. And even he would be the first to admit that he doesn't have it all figured out. Um, and that, you know, God is constantly surprising him and just constantly showing new things that God is able to do or showing up in different places of life where, you know, it didn't feel like God had a role in that, but yet God does. And the second that we try to limit God to a box, even a Trinitarian box, you know, God's going to do something different and God's going to get our attention and make us say, Oh, Okay. I did not know you could do that. Sorry for a disappointing answer of just having to say no, but (laughs) there are attempts, there are analogies, but every single one of them breaks down in some way. Like on Sunday, I mentioned the idea of the egg of, of, you know, there's three parts to an egg that there's an art, there's an outer shell that, you know, that, that protects us and a, and a yoke that provides life and a white that sustains life. And that's, that's, those are all things that God does, right? Like those are all things that God does in our lives, but yet trying to parse out and say, well, the father is the protector and the son is the one that, you know, that, that gives life, you know, because Jesus died on the cross and then the spirit is what sustains our lives. Um, that, that works to a point, but again, that gets into partialism of just like, well, this is the part that God plays or is this is the part that that that, that the son played and that kind of stuff and that it, like i said it, it just all breaks down right so but yet it's i mean it's important because it's it's faithful to who god is and it's faithful to how scripture reveals who god is and so in the 1300s is when trinity sunday became a, a became a thing um you know they wanted to make sure that the the, the, the church universal wanted to make sure that the doctrine of the trinity would tr- the church universal wanted to ensure that the doctrine of the trinity were, would continue to be taught because it is just easier to sometimes maybe not so highlight that point you know so as regular people you know the like you said on sunday the disciples didn't get it Mm-hmm. And they were listening to the man himself explaining it. Right. What hope do we have? 
<laughs> you know? Right. Or what, what, what should our approach be? Right. I think that our approach should be to embrace mystery, um, which might be, which might harken back to your, your, your United Methodist question. Um, you know, because in the, the life of our church, we also embrace mystery when it comes to communion, which is why I thought it was so appropriate that we had the convergence of the calendar to have communion and Trinity Sunday on the same day and just be in this constant state of not understanding completely fully because God, um, you know, and so I just think that our approach, because we live in a world that wants certainty um we want to know the answers we want to have it all figured out we want to have that dynamite you know solid once and for all answer and just that's not how it works a lot in faith and so um what what hope we have is that i just believe in in my heart of hearts that we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see god and just kind of go oh that's how that works okay and just looking forward to that day and, and keeping our faith in God, that God is who God has revealed God's self to be in the midst of that. And, and then just, you know, that, and that's the reason why I pulled it into the, the, um, the, the great commission, um, you know, because Jesus does not wait for the disciples to fully understand. He commissions them anyway. He gives them work to do even in the midst of their misunderstanding. And that has to be part of our approach as well. Uh, the scripture text that I used on Sunday was comes from the Revised Common Lectionary, um, which is a set of scriptures that the congregations can use um, to be brought through the entire testimony of scripture um, and just kind of as a way of, of helping pastors do the week to week work of preaching um, and just making sure that we expose people to the entire breadth of the of the testimony of scripture. This is the one place where Jesus definitively says that there is a Godhead that is Trinitarian, that is Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, you know, and so it makes sense that that's the Trinity Sunday text, but there's also more to it. There has to be. There has to be more to it because there's more to that passage of Scripture because it is the commission and it is the promise because it's the commission that Jesus gives to his disciples to go and make disciples, to baptize and to teach and to proclaim the gospel, and then also the reminder that they'll be with, that, that that God will be with us always. Um, that, that Jesus specifically will be with us always because that's how, and, and then that gets into a Trinitarian application as well, because we know through the rest of the testimony of scripture that God has been with humanity this entire time. That um that Jesus, you know, was with humanity in a much different way. And then that the spirit was coming. Like we, we, we know all of these things and, and we know that those are manifestations of the way that Jesus words are made true to, to be with us always is because even though Jesus leaves, the presence of God doesn't because the spirit comes. That's, that's you know, digs into, in, into why, why we, preach from the gospel of Matthew, but also just how we approach it then is just to know that we're commissioned, to know that we're called and to know that we're not alone um, in the midst mm -hmm. of it, that God isn't just with us once. God is with us in three different ways, um, which is, I think it's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back to your, your um, comment about when we get to heaven, you're just like, Oh, you know, that oh, um, glass mm -hmm. breaking moment. Right. Yes. Um, my on Sunday, all I could think of when you were um, going through your sermon was my uncle, uh, my mom's brother died when he was in his early sixties from colon cancer. Um, and when my, his brother 
my mom's another one of my mom's brothers gave his um, spoke at his funeral. He was talking about how my uncle Wayne, uh, the one that died, um, he was an engineer for Agco and Design Cleaner Combines and loved to oh, tinker, wow. loved to fix and learn how things worked and understand everything and was the smartest man in the room and that kind of guy. And Bruce just, my his brother just talked about how when he gets to heaven, how he's just going to be like, oh, that's how all this gets put together. And he's just going to sit with God and learn about all these things and how things actually work and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that is totally what this, mo- what this is going to be like for us. Yeah. It's you know? awesome. Especially for me as a logical, you know, I'm an engineer. Right. So I'm paid to, yeah. I am paid to make, give the right answers. Right. Or at least right. attempt to give the right answers. Yep. And this makes no sense to me because I'm a logical brain person. And that's, this isn't logical. Yeah. And so the only explanation that I can go with is God is all seeing and all powerful. And someday he's going to explain it to me and it's just not going to be today. So, I don't know. That was the whole time. That's what I was thinking about. Amen. Amen. Should have had you preach Trinity Sunday, Eric, because that, that's <laughs> that's solid right there. That's all there is to it. Love that. Yeah, there's just I don't know. There's just no getting around that it doesn't make sense. You know. Right. Yep. Like you said, just like communion, we just have to be okay with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like, I mean, there are denominations that view it differently that believe in their heart of hearts that they haven't figured out and that's fine. And I'm not going to denigrate those that have a different tradition than my own, but I think that there has to be room for just holy. We, we call it holy mystery. Um, we, we don't know how Jesus is present, but Jesus is present. And that's the more important part and figuring, knowing exactly how it works does not matter near as much as it being true. Um, you know, and so there are, you know, our Roman Catholic friends believe in transubstantiation where the bread and the cup literally become the body and blood of Christ. Um, you know, and then there are Lutheran uh, friends that believe in consubstantiation where Jesus is in, is, is in the elements, um, and around the elements, but does not become the elements. And that's, I mean, I'm fine with all of it. If, as long as you believe that Jesus is present, I don't think we need to get all fired up about that kind of stuff. Right. Isn't there a Same mystery in both of those things? Right? Yeah. And, and so Adam, you, you can't just put him in that kind of a box. Absolutely. He's not just bread and wine. He's not just there. Mm-hmm. Like he's so much more than that. Yes. I don't know. We're right. Of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> the big point with the disciples is that they worshiped and doubted at the same time. And like one of the, the, one of the big head cannons for me was that word in Greek, not meaning that some of them, like six of them worshiped and five of the, five of them doubted. No, they worshiped and doubted at the same time. All 11 of them had worship and doubt in their hearts um, when it came to approaching Jesus in in resurrected form. Um, and so just, you know, what are your thoughts about that? About, you know, worship and doubt and have there been have there been times when worship and doubt coexisted in your in your heart or mind? Only all the time. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that a part of being human is at different times in life we doubt, you know, and and the fact that the disciples doubted as they're sitting there listening to Jesus tell them these things, 
that is a massive relief. Sure. You know what I mean? The people yeah, that we definitely. read with the eyewitness accounts still struggle with it. So when we struggle with it, we don't feel like terrible people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I struggle with doubt all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with how my brain is logical and I can usually put a box around things. And since this, I can't put a box around. Right. It's harder for me to, to understand sometimes. Sure. And be okay with the mystery. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yet there are so many things in life that I can't explain that I can only chalk up to God is present in those things. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We just had a situation with a member of the church here. I'm having a health, you know, crisis. I mean, just for like, for real, for real, like not a pretty serious deal. And like, the only reason why she's still with us is because a neighbor just so happened to be driving past because Mm -hmm. of a random conversation with another neighbor that put that took him down that particular road. And this, you know, this particular member happened to be outside doing stuff rather than, rather than in her house alone. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's for me, like that's the, the, the holy mystery is how all of those things worked together in that instance, you know, how the, how all of those things came together in this one situation to literally save someone's life. Um, you know, and just, well, I mean, what, what, what lingers in the back of my head is just what would have happened if even one of those things wouldn't have worked the way it was supposed to work. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And yet they did happen the way they were supposed to and worship and doubt. I mean, right there. I mean, there was a lot of both on that night and just, yeah. Well, and, and along those same lines, there are, there are instances where, those neighbors don't come along mm-hmm. and we have to worship the same as when they do, when the neighbors do come along, you know, when the, when the result is different, God is the same. Yes. And yes. God's presence Definitely. still exists and we have to be okay with that, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Because again, we live in a rational world where we need answers for everything and where God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily God's doing. And that, you know, and that God also gets praised for the thing that God, things that God actually actively does. So, mm-hmm. yeah, oh. it's hard. It's very it hard. hard. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast last week about suffering well um, and how God says throughout the Bible, Jesus says throughout the Bible that bad things are going to happen, that life is, is not always good. Yep. And I, you know, that the idea is that because we're Christians, nothing bad is ever going to happen to us. And that's definitely not the case. Absolutely. We need to rely more on God instead mm-hmm. of blaming him for something that happened. Right. Yep. Definitely. No, it's not easy at all. It's not easy at all. Yeah, it's just, it's sometimes, I mean, it, it's easier to just find someone to blame and there's no one to blame, no one left to blame. We blame God and then just, you know, wash our hands of the of the entire thing. 
you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame people that do that, but I think that there is another way. I think that there's a more faithful way of responding to things that, you know, that don't, that do not go the way that we intend for them to go. Yeah. And you can be understanding of people that do that, but it doesn't make it right. Correct. Yes. Yep. Correct. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, Jesus was very blunt about this with the disciples and then, you know, through the through the through the gospel authors to us. I mean, the world hated him. And so they were going to be the disciples are going to be hated. And that's never changed. I mean, that's just that just isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't changed today. No, definitely not. You know, which yeah. part of that was way easier than it used to be, but <laughs> oh, yeah. But yep. still, it's still being, you know, God is still being attacked every day. And yeah. Yep. We have to be okay with that. Yep. Do you have an answer to that question? I mean, not that's not one that's wholly different than yours. I mean, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back when I say this. I feel that when I doubt, I doubt me more than I doubt God. Um, I doubt my worthiness of God's love. I doubt my, you know, my real ability to be saved because I'm, you know, not saying that I'm the worst person that's ever lived, but I know my, I know what skeletons are in my closet and just, you know, I know the unworthy, the, the unworthiness in my own heart, my own self that, that, you know, how could God possibly forgive dot, 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 but yet, you know, that is so true though. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. But yeah, I mean, then again, we should be critical of ourselves and we, we know ourselves better than anyone else does. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's more where my doubt comes in. I just, I, I, I feel like I've seen enough of God's work in the midst of the world. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I don't see my foundation being shaken in that way. I mean, talk to me next week about, mm-hmm. about that too, but you know, cause the second you make a claim like that, I mean, how could this good news possibly be that true? Yeah. Yep. That's very true. All things that we'll never understand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Embracing the holy mystery. Well, what's next week? Yeah. So next week uh, is our United Women in Faith uh, service on Sunday. Pastor Jean Layton will be preaching on behalf of United Women in Faith. Um, I'm not even sure what she's preaching about. Um, I've uh, because I've, I'm going to be at annual conference all week. Uh, the uh, the United Women in Faith came to me about a year ago and said, "Hey, when can we do a Sunday?" And I was like, "Hey, I have an idea. Um, this Sunday would be yeah. fantastic because um, Pastor Jean's ordination is not through the United Methodist Church; um, it's through the UCC Church, um, and so she doesn't have the same conference responsibilities that I do. And so she's able to come and preach, and that'll be awesome. Um, and so uh, that'll be what we do next week." Um, and what Eric and I have found over the years of doing this is that it's when it's not a sermon that either one of us have preached. It's a really it's really hard to have a conversation about it, and so there will not be an episode next week um, for that reason. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this week's Cut for Time podcast. Join us at Sunday on at church at 10 a.m. online, and then again the next week. How's that sound? That sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.